Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, thanks for joining me today. This is the final episode in a three-part series called Rebuilding Your Life After the Death of Your Child. In today's episode, you're going to hear two clips from one of our courses called Looking Toward My Future. The first module is called I Don't Think I Can Ever Be Happy Again, and we're just going to jump right in and take a listen. In this session, I want you to hear from other perievers. First, we're going to hear from Sarah Nelson. She and her husband lost their adult daughter and only child, Jeanette. Then Melanie Delorme, who lost her young son, Garrett, will share her heart with us. The message from these two women is just for you. I hope their words encourage and strengthen you, giving you hope for your own future. And here they are. It's hard to to think about the day she died how she could walk out of the house on an ordinary Sunday afternoon and not ever come back. The next day after her death, my husband and I just, I I don't even have words to explain how we felt that day, how horrible it was to think about her being gone. But then after the first couple of days, a sense of, I guess it was a numbness took over and getting through the memorial service and everything. Then after the memorial service was over and the guests went home and life um, went on, it was just trying to wrap our minds around the fact that she was gone and did a lot of crying in those early weeks and months. I don't even have words to describe how hard it is in the beginning. Just so hard to think that this actually happened and to adjust to it, to think about going into the future. How am I going to get through this year after year after year? Uh, to think that she's not going to be here anymore. Yeah, those first, those first months were really, really hard. God definitely does take our grief and turn it into something good. Um, that doesn't mean that what happened was good, but he brings good out of it. For me, it didn't happen right away, About th- but about three years after my daughter's death, I started doing grief support groups at my church and helping other grieving people. And I have a book that I've written that's going to be coming out soon. So yes, God can take that grief and use it for something good. And it's pretty amazing to see that because in the beginning, (laughs) when it's so awful, you don't see what God is going to do with it. But you keep walking through the journey, and then you see, and it's amazing. In a few months, we'll come to the sixth year anniversary. So it's taken a while to get to this place, and it's been a long journey. But yes, I am finding purpose. I am finding meaning. And it's just coming into the holiday season, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And for the first time, I've been able to, I've put up the Christmas tree before and tried to enjoy it. 
but it wasn't really a genuine enjoying. I, I was trying, I was basically in previous years making myself do it. This is the first year since her death that I'm actually enjoying decorating for Christmas. That's remarkable. And my birthday, which was a couple of weeks ago, I really felt the joy of the Lord on my birthday, like I've never felt it before. Just almost like God is smiling down on me. My daughter, I felt like my daughter was smiling down on me. It was just an inner joyfulness that I can't explain. So yes, God is able to do that. It is so important to be looking for it. Uh, I've written about that in my book, and I call it a treasure hunt, hunting for treasure, hunting for these things that are missing in our lives. It's something that brings healing to us. It's part of our healing process, but we do have to do our part and be looking for it, intentionally seeking it to find it. In the beginning, you don't believe that it's possible to ever come out of this, to ever have purpose in life. It feels so devastating. You think that everything is gone and life is over and done, but that's not true. That's how it feels. But if you keep on going and you're purposefully and intentionally looking for healing, there's a part we play in it. It's not just automatic. There is work involved in grief. There's grief work. And um, part of that grief work is to be intentionally seeking meaning and purpose and hope for the future. And healing doesn't happen by accident. It's something we cooperate with God in finding. And healing is perpetual. For the rest of my life, I'm going to be healing. I'm going to go in and out of periods when it's hard and it's difficult and I and I struggle. But the point is, we go through those seasons and we get through it by holding on to hope that even if we don't see it right now, it is going to get better. Hello, my name is Melanie DeLorme. My eight-year-old son Garrett was accidentally killed in a hunting accident in 2008. And when I think back to the very beginning weeks and months after Garrett died, I have no idea how we managed to survive. I had never experienced a level of brokenness and hurt like that. And I had no skills to deal with that pain. Our other two kids were six and four at the time and they needed their mom and I knew that I had to figure it out for them, but it was one of the most difficult and darkest times of my life. I think God knew that I wasn't sure how I was going to handle this tragedy by myself. And he managed to put people in my life who helped me do it. Very soon after Garrett died, I talked to parents who were experiencing similar emotions and I realized that I wasn't alone, and I think that was what I needed to hear more than anything. And God continued to put people in my life, um, an author's group, and I started to write about my grief. I met Laura there, and more and more, I met parents who had survived this tragedy, and I knew that I would too. Wow, I have been encouraged myself by listening to Sarah and Melanie again. 
I hope you realize that you really aren't alone and that you can make it through this. I want to emphasize something Melanie talked about. It's so important to connect with others who have been on this journey and have come out of the suffocating darkness of the death of their child to learn how to live a life of meaning and purpose again. I highly recommend finding a support group specifically for grieving parents or maybe a grief support group like Sarah's that's run by someone who has lost a child. Check for groups meeting in the community section of your newspaper. Someone found our local GPS help sharing care group that way. Check with your hospital. You can look online. There are organizations, Umbrella Ministries is one that I highly recommend, which is a Christian support group, so look them up. There's also Bereaved Parents USA. They go by BPUSA. They have support groups around. And the largest organization is called the Compassionate Friends, TCF. Now, there are a lot of good people in that organization. They're Christians, including Melanie, who is connected to TCF. But as a whole, my experience has been with them and others that they try really hard to make sure no one's offended by anyone else's spiritual beliefs to the point where uh, I have personally and others have experienced animosity when Christian beliefs are expressed. So you can check with TCF, but I just want to let you know that about them. Not always, like I said, but it's kind of a hit and miss there. So anyway, let's go ahead and go on to the second clip. It is from the module, Finding Meaning, Purpose, and a Life worth living. Yes, I want you to receive hope. Yes, I want you to see light in your darkness. Yes, I want you to receive a greater measure of healing. Yes, I want you to find purpose and meaning in your life again. But behind all of this is the cry of my heart that I want you to be able to receive the love of your father in a way that goes beyond anything you have ever known or experienced. I'm here to tell you that just like I didn't know until Becca died that such pain and darkness even existed, I didn't know that such a depth of love existed from God for me, a love that washes my soul deeper than I ever even knew that I needed and that brings a peace and fulfillment that I didn't even know was possible. And just like no one can possibly know the pain that we have experienced with the death of our child unless they've lost a child, there's no way we can possibly know the depth of the pain God willingly went through watching the torturous death of his son. But for whatever reason, God has allowed you and me to have a glimpse into his darkness and his intense pain. He allowed himself to feel the full pain and darkness of the death of his only child, ripping apart that curtain of separation between him and us so that you and I could come directly to him anytime to experience his love and not have to wait until we're face to face with him. That's how much he loves you and he loves me. And that's another reason he put himself through an even darker pain than you and I have gone through with the death of our child. Because his love for you is so deep and so intense, he wants a relationship with you for all of eternity. And the sacrifice of his son made that possible. Plus, his love for you is so intense, he made sure that through his own deep pain and suffering, that death was conquered so that we will be reunited with our children and with others, never ever to be separated again. 
Philippians 3.10 says that we can know him in his resurrection power. And most Christians get really excited about that. Yes, I want to know him in his resurrection power because the emphasis is on knowing and having his power. But it goes on to say that we'll also know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. And we don't like that part. But think about it. To be able to have a resurrection, it means there has to be death. So the only way to experience his resurrection power is to experience death of some kind. Two lessons ago, we talked about our choices. And I believe that this is one of the most important choices you will make here on this earth. You can choose to still blame God, to be angry with him and push him away, keeping yourself in darkness and bitterness and confusion and being thrown around by the enemy like a rag doll. Or you can choose to open your eyes to the incredible honor that God would give us the opportunity to be so close to his heart, the closest we could possibly be because he's allowed us to get a glimpse into the pain that he willingly went through for us because he loves us so much. And he was willing to risk our bitterness and our anger toward him, accusing him of being evil when everything behind it is because he is good. And he loves us more deeply than we could love our child who's now with him and experiencing the absolute fullness and perfection of that love. Bringing life from death is God's specialty. He not only brings eternal life from our earthly death, but he is offering the fullness of life from our own emotional death. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 says, I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Now choose life. Jeremiah 29 11 is one of those verses that you're probably familiar with that you may have thought about cutting out of your Bible. But please listen to it now with new ears and receive it with a different perspective. It says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. We can look beyond our earthly future, knowing there is a different future yet to come when all of this is behind us. God made sure of it because of how much he loves you and how much he loves your son or your daughter who is already part of that future. I know that having our child die before we did was not in our plan for this life, but for some reason, it was written in God's plan for us. He didn't do this to us, but he allowed it for us because there is a purpose in every tragedy God allows in our lives. And yes, we have to fight to find that purpose. And I believe the main purpose in allowing the death of our child is to throw the door wide open for us to be able to know him intimately, both in his sufferings and in his resurrection power. So we don't have to wait until we get to heaven to start experiencing a depth of his love that will totally and radically change us from the inside out. And through that, we can touch other lives with this new depth of love that we're now experiencing in a way that was impossible before our child died. 
I want to close this lesson by reading one final scripture, but first I need to share a story behind it. Several years ago, I was in an intense and deep discipling class that culminated with a graduation where hands were laid on each of us and we were prayed over. And one of the things we had to do during the last few weeks of this class was to allow God to lead us to what is our life verse, which would be read publicly at the graduation before being prayed over. Now, this was a couple of years after Becca died when I was still in international children's ministry and GPS Hope was not even on my radar. Well, when God began to show me my life verse, I fought it and I argued with him, but he kept bringing it to me and confirming it. So I finally surrendered and I accepted this verse as my life verse and I tried to make it fit into a spiritual analogy for children's ministry. I had no idea he was getting ready to close that door to open a new one, allowing me the privilege of walking with grieving parents, trusting me with some of the most wounded and broken hearts on this earth. And I want to read this verse to you now. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's vengeance against their enemies. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. He will give the oil of joy instead of mourning, and he will give a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness and despair. God has done this for me, and he will do it for you if you allow him to. I would like to pray over you right now. Father, I lift up this student right now. And I ask that you would just wrap your arms of love around him or her right now in a way that they can feel you, feel your peace, feel your presence, know your love and experience it in a new way that they've never experienced it before. Lord, I pray that you would show them a life of meaning and purpose that goes beyond the death of their child, something that only you can do to pick up the broken, shattered pieces of our heart and of our lives and make it valuable again and worth living again. Lord, I pray that you would give our children a hug from us, let them know we love them and miss them, and Lord, help us to live our lives from this point on in a way that brings honor to you and that honors the life and the memory of our child. Lord, I put this student in your hands and I speak blessings over them. I speak hope and peace and joy and good things into their lives. And I pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. If you found these helpful to listen to, you will want to check out the course that they came from. Each lesson isn't just an audio to listen to, but there are printouts and activities you can do to help solidify what you have heard in each lesson. There are three courses, How Do I Even Start to Rebuild My Life, Working Through the Darkness, 
and looking toward my future. And they are very reasonably priced so that no one is unable to go through them because of cost. We really want to make these available for everyone. And maybe you can even take these and consider them as a gift from your child to help you on your grief journey. Before getting to the birthday segment, I want to make sure you know about something we do every year to help bereavers get through the Christmas season. Each Sunday evening, the four weeks before Christmas at 8.30 p.m. Central Time, I go live on our Facebook page and I light a candle and read that day's entry from my book, Hope for the Future, an Advent Journey for Bereaved Parents. Many bereavers will get the book so they have a daily reading to be an encouragement and a help during the difficult Christmas season. You can get Hope for the Future anywhere books are sold. You can also find out more about it, about what I'm doing on Sunday evenings or how the whole book got written and everything started. Uh, You can just check it all out. Go to gpshope.org slash advent book. There will also be a link in the show notes for that. Okay, it's time to share this week's birthdays. We have Josie Floyd, who was born on November 24th and is forever 25. Jessica Medicek was born on November 25th and is forever 21. Austin Delgado was born on November 26th and is forever 21. Tyler Green was born on November 26, and he is forever 27. We know how important it is to still celebrate the day our children came into this world, and so we join with these families in remembering them. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced the week of his or her birthday here on the podcast, all you have to do is go to gpshope.org birthdays. There's just a short little form to fill out with the information, submit it, and I would be honored to do that. The holidays can be brutal, especially those first few years. Please know that we're praying for you, and I really do hope you get the book Hope for the Future and that you join me each Sunday on the GPS Hope Facebook page so that I can walk this out with you. Take it one day, one minute, one breath at a time if that's where you are. And above all, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.